0: It's a feeling
1: it's a bond it's a motherfucking skinner song it's pretty notes tapped cooper book really really x-rated jokes Liat and casey will take you to exam and you'll be like
0: damn i got this in the bag and my a swag hey hey, hey hey hotties are you finding yourself scrolling on your phone when you should be studying searching through the gram, liking things here and there. Well, we have a solution for you. We have the Study Notes ABA app, which allows you to have your own feed, looking at other people's beautiful notes, comment on them, ask questions, share them, all that cool shit. We also on the app have The ability to create you a study schedule. It will tell you how many days till you take the test, what you should be studying when. You earn different badges. There's over 2,500 questions for you to answer on the app in each area of the task list. You can also play games. You could study for fluency. There's different areas in there for affirmations. You could decide to pop Skinner's pimples as your reward. You could choose to to get a glass of wine, grow your plant, choose it all. Also, twice a week, there's a live study group where you could get on with other people who are also studying for the test and some of our BCBAs at Study Notes ABA to talk out the different concepts, bring your questions, things you're confused on. Or it's a great opportunity if someone else is confused that you could practice answering the questions because if you could talk it, you could test it. The app is absolutely amazing and available on Android and iOS. So head on over to wherever you get your apps and download the Study Notes ABA app. Study Notes ABA.
1: It's behavior bitches.
0: Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 127. Casey, give it to me, baby. All right. You know what? We've rhymed with seven so
1: much, and it's always heaven, and it's going to have to be this one, too. Apologize in advance. Episode 127. All of your Instagram questions will be answered in this
0: episode, and you're going to be in heaven. (laughs) That rhyme kind of sucked, but okay. We'll roll with it. Moving Thanks, on. girl. <laughs> Moving along. Today is a great day. I'm excited for today's episode. But before we move on to today's episode, I think it's important that we give ourselves a review of the day. Casey, do you have a review ready to go?
1: You know it, girl. Always. All right. This one is from Reg Coons. Love it. I absolutely love these podcasts. I just finished my grad school work and I'm studying to pass the beast. You make it sound very doable and really eases my anxiety. Thank you so much for making the material so relatable. Love listening to you both. I'll be in the collective soon, and I can't wait to study with you. We cannot wait to have you. Please introduce yourself and let us know your real name um, so we can give you some love
0: in the collective. I'm so tired. I'm, like, awkward.
1: <laughs> I'm, like, this is awkward. <laughs> your eyes are, like, shutting, and you're just, like...
0: Oh, no. Add the... Add the- You're probably in the collective already by now, and we probably already know you, but we're so excited to have you.
1: Yeah, let's see. The review was left on July (laughs) 26th. That was in the middle of our last collective that we just ended. So maybe you were in it. Either way, we love you. Thank you so much.
0: Love it. All right. Today, we have a very special guest. I believe this connection was made by me reaching out on Instagram. I think like I like the content this individual was posting. You know, I never know where I reach out because I go through these like LinkedIn stages once every on like a, a variable schedule of about every three months or I think you the, never the, know what I'm into.
1: I think the appropriate diagnosis is manic, <laughs> mania of these different reaching out platforms.
0: Yeah, I get I get excited different places, you know, it's different like, times. Yeah. But anyway, so this person's Instagram I love the stuff they were posting. The content is very relatable. I saw a lot of people engaging with it, and I was like, this is actually funny. So I reached out, and here we are today, and I'm going to have Casey tell you a little bit about our guest, and then we can get into the good stuff. So Casey, take it away.
1: We are so excited today to have Gabriella Nelson, otherwise known as the Behavior Chick on Instagram. That's her account. Go follow her is a BCBA down in Southern California who used her passion for the field of applied behavior analysis, humor, love for memes, and love for movies to create an Instagram page designed to laugh off the hard days while making the concepts relatable in our field. She gives ideas on how to teach concepts to children in a fun, creative way by sharing resources, tips, and experience. And let me tell you, her memes crack me up. Really? She's amazing. So, Gabriella. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. This
0: is an early morning
2: for you. It is. It's 7 a.m. I'm powering through it, but I got a full day, you know, that BCBA life. So we're going for it. <laughs> Finish strong in this week, okay? Yes. <laughs> it was a short week. How did you get into ABA? Um, so I started the field of ABA. I always knew I wanted to help people, and so growing up, I – new American sign language from one of my childhood best friends. Her mom was actually our teacher from kindergarten to eighth grade. I went to a really small school. Um, So I originally wanted to be a sign language interpreter. And then I was like, I talk way too much. So how can I do this and still help people and kind of have experience with that population as well? And so I went into special education and I wanted to be a special education teacher while I was in school to be a special education teacher, I actually became an RBT and then I just fell in love with the field and I stayed and then become a BCBA and I never left. So yeah. And then also my niece, um, she actually has Williams syndrome and I saw how therapy works for her. And when doctors told her like, you'll never walk, you'll never talk. Like they're telling my sister and brother that I saw the benefits to the quality of life that she does have. And now you wouldn't even know that she was never supposed to walk or talk or any of those things. So it just really got me passionate. What is William syndrome? Um, William syndrome is basically the exact opposite of autism is how they kind of describe it. Like they just love everyone. They want to be around people. Like it's really hard for um, them to distinguish like stranger danger or any of those things because they just want to just be so loved and like anyone that has met my niece, like she'll just be like, I love you. Hi, I love you. Hi, I love you. And it's just the sweetest thing. So, and usually it does have some health complications as well. So side note about Williams
1: syndrome, Liat, remember when I was flying to Texas in that um, I sat next to this guy on the plane and oh with a, that band percussion recycled percussion if anyone I don't know Gabriella, if you've heard of this band recycled percussion they're a very east, uh-uh. they're a very East Coast New Hampshire based band but they were on America's got talent they have performed everywhere they have a show called Chaos and Kindness which they um, every and also almost every single person in their company in that any merch that's made is people with disabilities so they're really big on that and the guy that they um, one of the guys on their team his name's Jimmy Love. And if you follow them on Facebook or Instagram, he's just, he has Williams syndrome. And so incredible. This guy, I still Facebook message with him because I helped him. He was so scared to fly and he was having like a panic attack. So I held his hand the whole time and he kept telling me he was in a band and on like a TV show. And I just really thought he was making it up. And then all of a sudden we get off the plane and the band's with him and they're like, oh, thank you so much for sitting with him. And like William syndrome, I just think it's, it's a, it's actually a blessing. It's so sweet. Yeah
0: yeah so anyways that's amazing amazing I didn't I didn't know that was like um the condition that because I remember that you on that plane Casey yeah coming back that's I amazing I've
2: never met someone else that's met someone with syndrome. so that's really cool too I know it is rare I think yeah, my sister amazing. was the one that was like hey doctors like this is what she has mm-hmm. and you are not finding it and then they're like, did all the tests. I think it was a fish test or something is what it's called. And then they're like, oh, you do have that.
1: Well, if you ever, if you ever want to see someone else with Williams syndrome, you should go follow Recycled Percussion and Jimmy Love and you will, he cracks me up every single day. Definitely, That's Awesome. All right. So let's talk about how, okay. So you must have just been a creative person anyways and love movies and you're funny. So <laughs> How did you start your page behavior check?
2: Um, so I've always been really into like movie quotes. Like I love memes, love movie quotes. Like all my friends know that I'm going to be quoting movies at random points in our conversations at all times, even if they don't know what that movie is, if they've never seen that movie. So it came to the point where I think I was like getting into studying maybe for my BCBA I was really close to, so the concepts were just, like, flowing, and so when I'd watch shows, I'd, like, be like, oh, that's funny, that's, like, positive reinforcement, oh, that's funny, that's, like, extinction, and then I just started creating these memes when I would see, like, other accounts, like, memes, like, I don't know, random accounts on Instagram of memes and I would just be like wait I could make that into an ABA meme like wait this concept could be relatable so it started out as that and really I wanted to create like a community because I was burnt out at the time I was like okay like I'm tired and like when you're an RBT in the field and I'm sure all the RBT's listening on here can relate and you guys can relate that you are kind of alone you have your supervisor but most of the time you're with your client And you don't get to talk to a lot of other RBTs or colleagues, unless you're kind of in a clinic setting. But I was in in a home setting. So I just started creating those memes. And then I think I had like zero followers. And then I got like 12 followers, and they were consistent. I think they just started sharing these things and be like, oh, this is funny, this is relatable, until it blew up to where it is now. So it's been fun because I really like the community that is created now. But it's funny because you're like – Oh, yeah you're really funny but then I'm like okay a podcast like I don't know because my content is like premeditated like I can sit there and think about it in my head like I'm not that witty on the spot so I'm like okay <laughs> well hey, no no we got, like,
0: got you we've got you I'm like Molly
2: from Nemo where it's like oh, so, there's a mollusk and <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I know I love that. and it's like one of those things like same at study notes our Instagram is to kind of like Again, make studying not suck and show you like that we're real and we're human and um, create that community where people feel safe and that they can come and not only learn, but laugh. And but it comes with a lot, too, especially when you get more followers of you're carrying a lot of people's feelings and getting a lot of messages and it's definitely a gift and a curse. Um, Because, like, one of my favorite things is getting all the passing messages or their whys and how they relate to our whys and, like, stories from people, like, having traumatic brain injuries and studying for the exam or going through IVF or divorce or, like, anything. And that, like, we were someone that they could, you know, just escape to and and know that they're not alone. So that's one of my biggest whys for our Instagram.
2: Yeah. And I think you guys do a great job on that. And, like, your notes are beautiful. You guys are helping so many people I see all of your reviews pop up on my stories and everyone's like oh good you You actually read them that's good to
0: know (laughs) we're worried that we're like (laughs) inundating we're always like like I mean I will always post those because I literally get off to them and it just makes me like it's like keeps us going on what we're doing but I'm like is anyone ever like okay dude you literally have 73 stories just today and it's like Okay, that's good to know that you read it. But also, yeah, so like it. <laughs> the one thing I want to add is like just a little thing further to what you said, you were saying like, okay, there's these RBTs who are isolated and that's like without a doubt. Um, I think like I mean, of course in home, but even in clinic because everyone's so consumed with whoever their client is or whatever they're trying to, you know, it's it's a consuming job but also like your stuff is not just relatable to the RBTs. I mean, BCBAs are isolated too. Like I think people, for, like we are such mm-hmm. a new field and a lot of us, like, they're, like I know at study notes, we've seen that a lot of, you know, you've passed the test. Okay, great. And now you're supposed to be the leader. <laughs> and it's like, wait, yeah. me, leader, what? Right. Like and no one I trained think, me for this part. Yeah. like I'm a good bullshitter and I remember being like wait what like and I usually can put myself in anywhere so I I know it's like very real so what you're doing is awesome so I want to ask you you. two questions well I mean there's many questions but the first one is
1: because I know there's been a lot of backlash of ABA and burnout and this and that but what do you love about the field because I feel like you do love your job when we talked to you, you were like, I'm a happy BCBA. I'm like, this is amazing. We need to share your story.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I do. I just, I love the ability to see my clients living their best life. Like we come into these cases that a lot of the time the parents are feeling like they don't know what to do and their child is maybe, experiencing self-interest behaviors or aggressive behaviors. They're harming themselves, they're harming others. And that's not always the case, but I think the majority of my cases are like that. And to see the child be able to communicate in a way that's effective for them and be able to communicate their wants and needs or advocate to themselves like, hey, I don't want to do that. Or, hey, I need a break. I need more time. I need to go have my use my coping skills is really the best feeling and empowering those parents to to feel like they know what to do with their child because a lot of the time I get parents that feel like almost like they're failing in their parenting role and they express that to me and I'm like, no, you're not. You just don't know how to deal with these specific behaviors. You're a great parent. I'm not here to teach you how to parent I'm here to teach you how to manage on these behaviors and help your child communicate in a different way. And a lot of the kids, too, it's not that they can't communicate. It's that they just need to be taught in a very specific way that it would be impossible for a parent to know without the proper training. And so really just empowering them and bringing that feeling to them about, oh, I know how to handle my child and just seeing them implement all these strategies and see their child communicate with them and talk to them for the first time or eat for the first time, try new foods. Like I got a child off a feeding tube before and that was life changing wow. for the parents because they didn't want their child off in a feeding tube. So we partnered with um, Chalk Hospital. You obviously want to rule out all medical um, issues first. And we sat there at the shock hospital watching the x ray, the feeding, the swallowing go down to make sure it's fine. And we were sitting there using positive reinforcement, getting the child to eat. And now she's off feeding tube. She eats. So just things like that really keep me going. That's like an everyday feeling for me in all my cases. Are there hard days? Absolutely. Are there days where I'm like, oh, like. I haven't seen this behavior presented in this way before. I need to collaborate with others. Yeah, because the majority of our population is children with autism. Does it have to be autism? No, I also have Down syndrome. I have um, hydrocephalus. I have cerebral palsy. But most of our children are with autism. And I don't know if you ever heard that saying, like, one person with autism. It's just one person with autism. So it's... It's not surprising to me that people feel imposter syndrome and, like, feel that feeling that you're talking about, Leah, about, oh, shoot, like, I just passed this test. Like, now what? Because every case is going to be so different, and that's why you have to pull from expertise of other people sometimes, and that's not a failure on your part. Mm -hmm. It's just, hey, like, how do we handle this behavior? And then once you learn how to do that, you help that person it's
0: just a great feeling. So that's what keeps me going. And I had to say one children. thing to what you Go said, ahead. just because it's like mm-hmm. I'm very impulsive and I've been holding back what I wanted to say. It's not even that funny, but I had to <laughs> wait. I was just thinking, you're like, no, I mean, th- those rewarding feelings all the time. And then there's days that are hard. And in my head, I immediately was like, and on those days, I make a meme. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. yes.
2: <laughs> On the hard days I do, I make a meme and I'm like, this sucked. <laughs> like, this was a really hard day. And that's the reality of it. People are like, oh, like, don't say, like, that it sucked. Like, you're working with children with special needs. And like, no. Because to be relatable to BCBAs and RBTs and BCABAs, like, there are days that suck. And can't lie to yourself about that
0: (laughs) speaking of parent and it's hard speaking of parents I know that you said you're more like someone who likes to like plan what you say but don't worry we have Alan here who could cut anything out but I do want to get your input and and Casey might help me form this question because she doesn't even know what's coming yet but she's oftentimes my um, translator (laughs) Um, between
1: transcribing and textual
0: (laughs) yeah everything yeah um and Just myself having a sibling with autism and uh, like seeing how important the way we communicate with parents is, I want to know like if there's someone listening who is, you know, an RBT or a BCBA, I know you don't like things unplanned, but I'm still going to keep asking. What advice? That's okay. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who's either the RBT, the BCBA, the BCABA? Um, just see it like when working with these parents.
2: Yeah. So when working with parents empathy is really the biggest thing. You have to understand if a parent is rude to you, if a parent is maybe short-tempered, and I'm not talking about don't let yourself get cussed out at the, parent, the client's home, but if a parent's short with you, if they're kind of being like rude, they're dealing with a lot. They didn't know how to come into the situation most of the time, and most of the time they don't have maybe siblings with, Diagnosis, or maybe other children with a diagnosis. So they're going through this for the first time, too, and they're tired. A lot of them work full time. I have some parents that like the dad's working four jobs just to help the mom stay at home, and he doesn't get any sleep. And so, coming out from a place of empathy is so crucial and don't take things personally. And I think a lot of the questions that I do see in my Instagram boxes, like, how do I get them to take you seriously if I, I don't have a kid? And really kind of what I said earlier, that you're not teaching them how to parent, you're teaching them how to handle behaviors. And that's what I always tell my parents. I'm like, I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want to help you manage these behaviors, teach your child skills so that he can have a better quality of life or she. And you can also have that quality of life, too, and be able to go places with your kid and know what they want and know what they don't want and Just have fun.
1: Yeah, uh, that's amazing advice. And it's almost like you want to be seen or want to be the person that when you come to the door that you've created that relationship with the parents that they're like, thank you, God, you're here today. Like so happy Mm -hmm. to have you because, again, like you said, you're not going in there as a know-it-all or a dictator of like you're not doing this right or whatever it is. You're going there as a person to help them manage these behaviors because you have the skills. If you're listening and you're in the field, you do have the skills. So even though you feel like you're an imposter sometimes, if you don't have a kid and you're trying to, that's exactly what Gabby said is you're not trying to teach them how to be a parent. You're teaching them how to manage the behaviors. And luckily, we have the skills if you've gone through your coursework and you've taken the exam and you've gotten great supervision,
2: um, then you are like an angel, really. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there's going to be times where maybe you don't have the answer to the question. Instead of just saying, I don't know, I'm feeling stuck, be like, hey, let me get back to you on that. I want to collaborate with some others to give you the best answer. Or even like I deal with parents all the time that um, are exhausted that maybe they're doing with a lot of other stuff. And I think what I see with parent consultation sometimes is people try to almost teach Treat them like an RBT, like, hey, let's do this today. Let's do this intervention. Hey, like, let's see this data at the end of the week. Let's do these things and give them that flexibility. I don't, that's going to form your relationship a lot better is being like, hey, I know this week was really hard for you. Like, don't worry about the frequency data or ABC data this week. That's fine. Or even this month for some parents, because that's okay. We're there to support and we don't want to be creating more stress on them. Is that data important? Absolutely. Are teaching them strategies important? Absolutely. Is that consistency important that they're following through? Absolutely. But if you overwhelm them too much, what I found is that they shut down. They're like, they start canceling sessions. They're like, oh, this is going to be too hard. Like, I don't know if I can add this to my plate. I'm working full time too. So give them that flexibility and really start them on like, I always do like, quote unquote, like homework for the parents. And it's just like one strategy. Like, hey, let's just start with Choices this week, mm-hmm. like when you present a demand, give choices,
1: mm-hmm. and then let's see how that
2: goes. Yeah, and not but using
1: I, that like jargon, jargon.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make yourself sound like the smartest person ever. Yeah. They know, they know you're there to help. Don't be like, mm-hmm. okay, so the extinction phase, the extinction burst is going to go through today, and then you're going to see the box spontaneous covering in the grass <laughs> They're going to be like, no. oh, but oh. I do have some parents that want me to talk I to them agree. in some of the language. Because they wanna Google it. So it depends on the parent. So sometimes I'll explain it like this is called this, because they're like, I wanna Google it so I can see and watch videos. And I'm like, okay. Well that's when you you need to know
1: how to read the room, right? Like Yes. If you know that and you have that relationship with them, that's great. I had a, a couple parents like that. Like they would make better token boards than I would. Like I'd come in and oh, she yeah. would have like a binder of data. I'm like, holy crap, okay. And yeah. who were just like, I'm not doing that shit. So here you go, and like, and I just like, all right, that's fine. I'm going to work on the skills that I can work on with them, in their RBT, and you know, let us know when you're ready to, you know, collaborate. But yeah,
0: <laughs> something else. I also do think just like while we're talking about it, with the you know, obviously we we have our tools of understanding the science, like or our technology of ABA, but I literally think one of the most like pragmatic uh things you could provide for the parents is that sense of belief like like that you're not panicked by certain behaviors and, or you know or not like oh shit i've never seen something like that before or like oh crap yeah. how are we going to do that one you know the idea <laughs> is just like the like you know you go into these families houses a lot of the times Parents are embarrassed, they're exhausted. they're like, like I just remember people coming into my house as a kid and my mom being like, I'm sorry, bit you like you know, and it's just the idea mm-hmm. of like, all right, this is something we like just that hope that it's like, oh, this is what I do for my job. Don't worry, yeah, you're in the right place i yeah, like i I don't worry, we're gonna get this taken care of, um you know, oh, and I think that alone has such power, I mean, and of course the actual like interventions and what are going to help the behavior, but just knowing that someone is not freaked out and is calm and has belief and is like, yeah, this is what I do. I mean, that is life-changing to a family. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You got to go in there with confidence and be like, hey, let's do this. Mm -hmm. We're a team. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so I'm gonna play a little game with you. Okay, I mean,
2: I'm ready for it. <laughs> it's
1: like you've already prepared the work, so don't worry. So, okay, perfect. I know that, like I said, this is kind of tying back into like running an Instagram account and getting a ton of messages. So, I know we kind of compile the list of like our most asked questions from people, and I'll, I'll ask you the question and then you can answer. Okay, sounds I, good. I feel like Liat right now, Liat loves to play games.
0: I know. That's such a Lee outline. She totally that <laughs> for <so liked> me. <laughs> I like, take any, like, boring thing. Not office this is boring. And being like, we're going to play a game. I'm going to see how many emails you can answer. And <laughs>
1: – <laughs> Yeah, she does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And this is a big one. We get a lot too. Like, and we kind of touched on it. But what do you do when you're feeling burnt out? What is some of your kind of replies or responses?
2: Yeah. Well, one – got to make a meme, got to <laughs> yeah. Come laugh. But no, I really do cope with humor. I've always done that. Like if I'm in a situation where it's tough, I'm going to laugh. I'm like, haha, that would happen. Mm-hmm. But that helps me. Um, also to do list. I know you guys have a great little negative reinforcement pad. So cute. Like write it down so you can check it off. Visually checking off and feeling like you're accomplishing things is everything. And that to-do list is not going to end. So don't try to complete the to-do list. <laughs> Just try to complete like, hey, I'm going to do five of these main things today. I think my
1: favorite thing with the to-do list is actually, you know, yes, crossing off. But second is moving things that weren't finished to the next day. So I already have a started list for the next Ooh, day. Yes. So like, I don't think of that as a, yes. a negative thing. Like, I didn't Damn, finish. Damn, girl. I know. I'm like, oh, didn't get to you. And there's a spot in the reinforcement pad that you can move it to like, you know, move it to the next time. So I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I got a lot done, but I didn't yeah. get it all done.
2: There you go. Yeah. I need to do that too. Just start a new list. Like, you know what? I finished everything on my list today. Like cross off that day before, cause you know, it's on the next page. Exactly. Um, but yeah, taking days off, like knowing when there's those hard weeks and being like, Hey, I need a day to myself or if, even if it's out, that's the weekend, that's fine too. But that helps, um, finding your hobbies. That's, Huge In this field, especially like as a BCBA, BCABA, you're going to be worked. (laughs) Like you have reports, you have parents, you have supervisees, you have all these things going on at one time. And if you don't do things for yourself, that's going to consume your life. Speaking from someone that does consume my life, because when I'm not at work, I'm on my Instagram, also say. talking to you guys about ABA, but I also unplug, like I go traveling, I go camping, like I just came back from camping this weekend and my phone was off wow. the whole weekend. I'm like,
0: that's why i are not talking
2: right now. Like I need to set that boundary. And also, yeah, setting those professional boundaries, turning off notifications when you're off, be like, Hey, redirect it to someone else. I'm not responding. I am off right now or else I did take a vacation one time where I didn't turn it off. And I'm like, I'll just respond to this parent or this person or this. And then it doesn't become a vacation for you. So setting that time limit even at night, like, hey, I'm not going to respond after 7.30 p.m. I'm going to respond to it the next day. Saying no when you're presented with maybe too large of a caseload or maybe some tasks that you don't have time for and delegating them to other places. And also praying if you're religious, that helps me. So I want
1: to
2: I add to that, that
1: too. And we had uh, Dr. Antonio Harrison on and he always talked about like so many BCBAs identify as a BCBA only. Like that is who you are. You are this like, <laughs> and I want to urge you to not identify. Like that is not your full identity. You are a BCBA. Yes. But you are human first. Right. And mm-hmm. again, the, I love the, what you said about hobbies because I find myself and Leah and I, we're both the same. Is that if we don't force ourselves to do something different, we would just continue every day. That, like, we love work, we love our jobs. So, mm-hmm. like, little things like just getting to the gym in the morning or making time for yourself to have a glass of wine and crochet or whatever you love, those are things I love. Um, it's like, okay, I'm taking off my BCBA
0: hat right now. I am not in that role. And that's really yeah. important to do. It's hard. You need that. It's hard because I always say, like, even, like, when we have students in the collective, I'm like, listen, say bye-bye to your old way of thinking. Like, once you see this, you can't unsee it. Like, you know, you start to see everything behaviorally. So, like, just, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm totally chilling. What do you mean? And then I'm like, you know, I see someone next to me, like, vaping, and I'm like, you know, the response effort is just so much lower on that than a cigarette. Maybe you should, you know, and I'm like, okay, dude, (laughs) chill out. Like like everything and that idea of just it's hard because it's not just like because it's so applied, you know, like you could be a nurse who like really loves being a nurse. And it's like, like you're not going and diagnosing everything that you see. You know, mm-hmm. with behavior, it's mm-hmm. literally everywhere. It's like, oh my god, look at the birds! Why are they all going to that one spot? There must be reinforcement there. That, you know that they, they must have got food there. And I'm like, yeah, shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's literally my head all the time. It's just, even my husband, I'm like, oh, he's being so attention seeking right now. I'm gonna ignore this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, next question. All right, question. what's next in your game, Casey? Come on.
1: Okay. I have imposter syndrome, and now that I passed this test, I feel like I'm in way over my head. Any tips?
2: All right. We t- covered this a little bit earlier, but imposter syndrome is real AF. Okay. Collaboration is key. You need to be collaborating with other people if you feel like, I can't handle this case or I can't um, maybe – I don't know how to respond to this parent. I don't know how to do this certain section of the report. That's okay. You're not expected to pass that test and be like, okay, everything's on you. You have no help anymore. No, you're going to be constantly learning. You're going to – I learn something new probably every day, if not every week, because there's just so much to the field that – and people say, I think I heard – I forget who it was, but I heard like even passing that test—that's so that's fundamental ABA. So I think, like, so. yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
1: basics. Patrick McGreevy, I think that's who it was. He said, "When you um, pass your BCBA exam, you're like a baby infant just being born into the world. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to crawl yes. and walk and <laughs> communicate." In so I, yes. love I always <laughs> tell my students that I'm like, remember, it's okay. You're just born as a new baby, little baby BCBA, and you're going to have to ask for help. And as BF Skinner says, a failure is not always a mistake, it may simply be the best one can do under the circumstances. The real mistake is to stop trying.
2: Yes, definitely. So yeah, that's just like my biggest ad- advice with that. You're gonna be constantly learning. A lot of that is due to the fact that we have individualized treatment plans and Just that one person is that one person. You need to find out what's best for that person. You can't just do like a blanket, like here's your progress report. And this is the progress report I have for every other one of my clients. That wouldn't be effective treatment for them. And that is difficult having whatever, 16 to 25 different cases. They're all going to be so different that don't feel like, oh, I can't reach out to someone because I'm supposed to be the one that knows that or I don't know that answer to that RPT's question. I should know that. That's fine. Like, reach out, read articles on that behavior. Yeah, I was, you'll get there. Let me say, my biggest
1: r- advice is to advocate for yourself. Advocate mm-hmm. for what you might not know or might not have experience in. Be honest about your experience. Be honest about your scope of competency, what you have mm-hmm. experience in, and if you don't have that experience, it doesn't mean that you're not a good BCBA. It means that you ask for help getting that supervision and experience. And always continue learning. Remember, life be lifelong learners. Always expand your toolbox in your repertoire by taking CEUs, reading journal articles, reaching out and finding a mentor. Those are my biggest advice too.
0: Leah, what do you got, huh? I was taking notes of the concepts from right before. <laughs> and then I it, I'm like, imposter syndrome, collaborate, everything. I was trying to put a behavioral concept um you're saying like when you feel like you don't like know uh yep yeah. yeah. is that what you is that it no I don't we, don't we I yeah. think you
1: gave enough advice we'll move on to a
0: new question don't try to call me out like that biatch <laughs>
1: All Right. next question I feel like my company is giving me too large of a caseload and it's unethical what should I do I get this one a lot too yes
2: Learn to say no. You have to stand up for yourself and tell them that you don't feel like you can give effective and ethical treatment. And if they're giving it to you anyways, you leave. You you run because you know that's not going to stop. You're going to keep being given that caseload. You're going to keep giving clients. And at that point, you need to ask yourself, is your company worried about quality or quantity?
1: And that leads into the next one. So my company pays way below standard rate, but I love my kids I work with. What do you recommend?
2: You have to know your value. And um, Leah Leah and Casey and I were talking about this, that employers need you. RBTs are so needed. BCBAs and BCABAs are so needed. Companies are trying their hardest to find employees. So you have to know your worth. Your client needs you as well. Like I understand that. You love your kiddos you work with. You feel like, oh, I can't leave them. And like but ultimately an apple. But, a but also like an
0: apple's four dollars at the store right now. Right. Yeah.
2: Let's look at gas
1: prices when living expenses. Cool. My rent just went up four hundred dollars. I'm like, how the hell is this ethical? Like, can't you do this yeah. gradually? Um, but anyways, another yeah. but another part Ratio of that, strain. <laughs> and the other coin to that though is more money doesn't always mean happiness. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you're going to these big companies and, you know, they're promising you $10,000 sign-on bonus and, um, you know, 85 grand a year or whatever it is, you need to do your research and your homework. And when you're interviewing, you have to come prepared with the questions to ask them, like, what is your turnover rate? What is your onboarding process? Who's gonna? Who am I reporting to? You know, how many people do they have under them that are also reporting to them? What's your max caseload? Who helps with credentialing if you're dealing with insurance? Like, I'm telling you, you need to interview the company too. And yes. like, I, we just talked to this girl who works at Blossom Behavior in Michigan, and she absolutely loves her job. And she said she took like a $30,000 pay cut, but her quality of life is a million times better. She said she was actually physically becoming ill. And like, could be hospitalized with the stress she was under. And she's like, no money in the world is worth that. So I think there's two sides to it.
0: Yeah. But in a happy medium, a, that's a good point. A happy medium is being able to, you know, like, you also could have these, like, gosh, the past year has been like a year of me just learning to have uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like <in> every, <laughs> every, radical regard. candor. No, just like in every <laughs> regard and like my person, whatever. But like being like, you know what? I really like what you guys are doing here. I love working for XYZ Company and I like the way you guys do things. I love my clients. I feel passionate about it. I'm excited. But I got to tell you, I can't live on $45,000 a year. Like mm-hmm. just like like I, I really want to stay is there a way we can make this work for both of us? Because I have to tell you, like, I, I just, as much as I'd want to, I can't continue on like this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and if the company is, like, that really values someone actually enjoying what they do and feeling passionate about their work, there might really be a conversation there for you to have, you know? Um, brilliant. I love that advice. Wow, that's the sweetest thing you ever said to me. Thank you. Um, (laughs) No, just that idea like, if they are a, like, I mean, I've just seen companies like cut off their nose to spite their face, like even more recently. um, Someone you and I both know, Casey, who like they, they were basically hired to like start up a clinic from nothing, did everything. I'm talking everything. And like, they just became assholes to this person. And they underpaid them for just being there every second of their life. And then when push came to shove, this person had said, you know, like, I just like the amount of hours I'm working, like, I'm just not able to. And they were like, then go find somewhere else. And I was like, you fucking idiots. You mm-hmm. put your ego down for one second. And, but I do think it's telling about a company because, you know, it's like, if. Mm-hmm. If you have a BCBA who's really loving what they do and passionate and excited and parents feel comfortable and you see changes and be like meaningful, significant changes, like you have that power, guys. Like I just want you to know that just I realize that like to me it's obvious just maybe because I'm on the other side now. But like when I first started the job, I was like, oh yeah, I'll take what I could get. But the companies can't run without you. Like mm-hmm. without a BCBA, yeah. there's no billables. Without an RBT, there's also no billables. So and no direct services and no direct. Exactly. So I'm just saying, like, to see your value. Don't be a dick. Like, and, and instead of going in being like, I'm worth this. Go in and be like, I love what I do. I I wake up every morning excited to make changes. The families I work with are like, you know, I feel like I care about them like my own. And then you ask. So just like to put that in there as opposed to being like, you don't have to be a dick, you know? You attract more, uh, what do they say? Bees with honey than shit. You're full of quotes today or sayings. (laughs) Uh, But just that, I, I mean, I just think that's valuable advice to like, as opposed to just being like, I know my worth, blah, 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 blah. You are doing that, but also do it by like sharing like, what is the culture that they are actually wanting that you you have, right? Because mm-hmm. someone who provides good culture and good morale is the most important. So I just want to Absolutely. add that in there. Yeah.
2: Definitely make sure your values line up with the company's values. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And really, at the end of the day,
2: when going back to burnout a little bit in this conversation, is that if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not feeling like you're in a place where, okay – Maybe I ain't getting paid enough or maybe I'm comfortable with the pay, but it's not what I want But because I just love my job. Maybe like the situation Casey said, where like, hey, it's $30,000 less, but that burnout, you can't help anybody if you're so burnt out or so sick or so stressed out the way you want to. So you have to know your value in that way, too, so that you can do your job that you came here to do.
1: This is a big Perfect. one. And I'm hearing it more and more lately, and it makes me sad. So do you ever feel like you made the wrong career choice? I am having second guesses.
2: Yes, I get that question a lot. And I don't feel that way. Um, But I understand that's a tough job, and I understand why people do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think it's just asking yourself the right questions when – you are um, thinking that way is a lot of people base their experience with ABA off one company or one school or one clinic, whatever it is. And you have to ask yourself, do I regret this career choice or am I unhappy in this company? Absolutely. And ask your question. It's like, hey, is it just really hard working with children that do have special needs? For some people, that is reality. I see special teachers leave too and that's okay to be honest with yourself like this is a lot more than I thought I could handle that's okay too but I don't know um I do see it a lot ending up being the company and a lot of the company or yeah yeah. we're also
1: like I think a big part of that is first you have to do like the inner work of yourself and Mm -hmm. you know what are your values what you know I think there's like a hexaflex and acceptance commitment therapy where you're kind of lining up like your goals, your values, um different things like that and fight in like really finding the root of that of why you're second guessing. Like unpacking that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need like see a therapist. Like I highly recommend that. Um to really understand cuz you came to this field for a reason. Like if something attracted mm-hmm. you, find go back to that why. You know, if you took all the bullshit aside, all the, you know, if you're working for a shitty company or you're overworked or this or that, you can write these things down and write your why. Like, why are you in this field? And then try to find a company that aligns with that same mission and values. And we need, yes. and we need you. So Definitely. stay in the field.
2: <laughs> yes. Stay in the field. I, I just. Wa- yeah, I do see that. It's-
0: Sorry. I just want to say one thing someone the other day. Like, yeah. I don't know if I was speaking to them or they messaged me, but I'm not making this up. It happened somewhere. And someone was saying, like, you know, I'm just like so, like, I just, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing anymore. Like, I don't feel like this is for me. Like, I honestly think I'm like, I am like, it might have been someone coming to us for a job, like something, Casey. I don't know. But otherwise, it was like, or I'm like, I'm literally like, otherwise, I'm going to work at Target. Nothing against Target. Love Target. Love all of it. Um, You know, I probably at least twice a week, I always say, like, that's it. I'm going to be a barista at Starbucks. I could just check in and check out when I'm done, maybe get yelled at once or twice for making the wrong drink, but, like, I could leave it at Starbucks when I leave. Mm -hmm. But I just want to say to people that, not again, nothing against Target, but you have, like, a whole skill set that, you know, and I, I do think that, and and I get so excited when I see people being creative with their skill set. Like it's it's essentially like a magic power that you're able to see like how to change behavior, how to find solutions to problems, why the sales at one company might be low, why no one's clicking on a button on your website, right? Like the other day I'd met someone who's used her BCBA and decided to like leave working clinically. I'm not saying everyone should do that, but I'm saying like to go into user interface, user experience on a website. And I was like, you are fucking brilliant. Why? Because, I mean, if you want people to click on your main product, you could do, like we understand, you know, organizing the stimuli, making something more salient, the behavior chain. And, And just the idea that I, I mean, it might seem like I'm going off a little, but people being like, I, I think I made the wrong decision. You could use your skills, but because the field is so new, you're not seeing like as many options to do with it, right? You got to be mm-hmm. a little creative and be like, okay, I see a problem here. I'm going to, um, you know, work in this area. And you could create those positions. So I just want to encourage anyone, if they're listening, um, that – Again, if you want to go work at Target, go. I totally get it. I love Target and it'd probably be dangerous for me to work there. Same way when I worked at a shoe store in high <laughs> school. I don't think I ever made a penny. Um, just shoes. Uh, but the idea that remember what you have. Like you have this knowledge that to you right now could even – seems obvious. But it's not. Like that's a, a skill set. So some, that someone else values that. So just keep that in mind if you're ever feeling burnt out that you're not stuck
1: Yeah. Last question for you, and these are amazing, so thank you for writing this whole outline. What would you like to see change in the field of
2: ABA? Yes. I have a few things I want to see change in the field of ABA. Um, Number one, being more supervision. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how many people know the actual percentages and stuff, but most insurance allows 20% of supervision per case, which means 80% is unsupervised. So if a client has 10 hours per week, that's only two hours of supervision. Then they have more than one therapist, maybe that's one hour of supervision. And really this hinders the ability for these RBTs to learn and kind of hinders the progress of the client too, because then we have unexperienced RBTs Mm -hmm. or the person isn't being supervised enough and maybe there is overlooked unethical practice or unethical practitioners that we don't know about because there isn't enough supervision. And I even see this in the school system too. This isn't just with these insurance companies that the school system also only gives, I think, what is it? One of the cases I have, like they have two hours per month or something to oversee. Like let me look at this data analysis, and let me teach this RBT, but also let me teach the teacher yeah. that's on the case, and like make sure that all the school professionals also know how to handle these behaviors and are aware of the VIP. And it's just not fair to, um, really, the client or also and the treatment integrity the that do feel yeah the treatment integrity the RBTs that do feel like, hey, I'm not getting supervised enough. Um, luckily, I work for a company that I feel like we see our RBTs all the time and we're mentoring them and uh, we're all like assigned just two to mentor so that we can really make Amazing. a difference in their experience. But I think that's so important because I that's one of the biggest DMs I get too is I never see my BCBA or I never see my supervisor. I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and that's really on the experience, whether it was the company or whether it's um, the school system or sometimes just this sad fact that the insurance doesn't give enough supervision and maybe they Mm -hmm. can't come see you. And that's really unfortunate. So I'd love to see that change.
1: Yeah. And I I like what you said, Um, a BCBA per school, not district. Yes. Those school BCBAs that are district BCBAs are, I don't understand how they have like 50 people on their caseload.
2: Yeah, it's insane. And the people I talk to, because I'm not going to lie, I've wanted to go to the school system because those hours are amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to get off at four every day. But I knew that that would take me away from what I really came here to do. And I wanted to work with the children. I wanted to work with the parents. I wanted to see that. Um, I can't think I wanted to see that Reward, I guess, yeah, or, I wanted, no, or be progress, able to see, yeah. To, yeah, like, yeah, I want to see the progress. And every BCBA I talk to at the school district, they're our district and they're in charge of a bunch of a schools, a bunch of different RBTs. And they're like, honestly, I'm just doing paperwork, mm-hmm. and that's not fair, too. And then they, I sit in these IEPs where I do feel bad for that school BCBA and that IEP meeting, and I think I have seen one school that has, like, a BCBA, and I've even seen, um, I follow a couple special education teachers that are also BCBAs, which I think is yeah. awesome because they have that experience, um, but most of the time, I do see the IEP that the teacher doesn't know what to do, the aide didn't know what to do, and, like, the BCBA is, like, well, sorry, I trained you for 30 minutes, like, mm-hmm. but that's all they had, and that's sad, so I want to see a BCBA per school. Yes. Definitely. I also want to see people disseminating about the field. (laughs) Yes, per grade. Yes, Because really, a lot of, and that goes into my next conversation about ABA being available for children without a diagnosis, because beside people's knowledge, and maybe if you're listening, you don't know anything about ABA, but ABA can be done with anyone. And there's a lot of typical children that have problem behaviors, too, or maybe to be be taught how to deal with bullies using the um, peers curriculum, or maybe how to functionally communicate their wants and needs or self-advocate for themselves. And I really think that, to Liette's point of being per grade, a lot of kids could benefit from that. And having that BCBA on site to be like, hey, like, let's teach you that appropriate replacement skill instead of, okay, suspension, detention, referral, mm-hmm. would be a lot more beneficial to everyone in that school system. And then what about this dissemination?
1: Because this is a big one, too. I want people to keep disseminating. Yes in a real way in a positive way um i don't know what do you think about that
2: yeah i i definitely want to see more people disseminating the field so that a lot of parents know about it too i want parents to be able to know that there are resources out there i want the positives of aba being put to light that hey we're not reprimanding your child we're not Spanking them. We're not like, hey, you're going to listen to me. We're teaching these skills through a loving, fun way. Compassionate care. And I think, yeah, compassionate care. We're like, hey, let's learn to brush our teeth. Here's a tooth brushing song. Hey, let's get our fun dentist set. Okay, let's brush them. And we're breaking down those skills for them to be able to accomplish. We're looking at socially valid goals. Like, what is important to the parent? Does the kid need the skill? I think that's important too. Like, hey, maybe. We don't need to work on stimming because it's not right. harmful to the child's environment. Yep. They're learning. Like, wave your hands as much as you want. That's not what's important. Yep. What's important is: Do you know how to advocate for yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to make those friends? And. Um, Or do you know how to choose friends with good qualities? I see all the time those kids that are being bullied and we have to use that peers curriculum to teach you like, hey, how do we make our friends? Like, hey, we should avoid the bullies. You don't need to be trying to prove yourself or be friends with these people. And that's just really important. So shedding the light on. And really, it can start with just telling your friends or your family what you do. Mm -hmm. I know we joke about it a lot on my (laughs) Instagram page, but it's true. Like. Hey, you're a BCBA. What is that? Yep, uh, people don't know. I don't. They don't know what that is. Like, start with your friends. Start with your families. Just tell them, like, hey, this is what I do. Because odds are, they know someone that could benefit from that, and then that person knows someone that could benefit from that, and then you're just shedding light to the field. Love that.
1: Um, can we end with that? This I want you to explain. This is like it made me laugh. You were teaching how to wipe with balloons yeah. <laughs> I don't remember exactly but it was so creative so like I can see you being yeah. such an amazing therapist so how? what was it? Tell everyone
2: yeah so teaching with wiping or teaching wiping without the real brown stuff as I like to say because that's going to be hard. One there's less learning opportunities to teach with that real brown stuff mm-hmm. if that gets on the kids hands it's a lot more messy hey, Maybe my dignity yeah. too. you don't really want to be wiping them too much so what we do is blow up the balloons, put some Nutella on it, some peanut butter, whatever's kind of brown. Um, careful with peanut butter there's a lot of nut allergies out there. I have to <laughs> clarify on that. Um, make sure it's like chocolate syrup or something, if not. But yeah, get that roll of toilet paper, tie those balloons to the chair, pretend to wipe. And really you're using a task analysis and you're using um, role play and modeling to be like okay like let's wipe like let's check for brown stuff ew it's brown let's fold it and then you keep that process going until oh look that paper paper's clean you're all done yeah so you can transfer that over I also side note, and I didn't mention in the video I also use that for some of my teenage girls oh. that are going through their Menstrual? new process mm-hmm. of becoming a baby <laughs> and use ketchup <laughs> that's
1: really cool so you're very creative yeah. I love that about you
2: Thank you, appreciate that. So are you guys? Thank you. So you guys inspire me. Collaboration, baby.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope that everyone listening, we answered your most burning Instagram questions all in one place. Um, so, if can I ever get one of these questions, the behavior chick? Uh, yeah. I, but I was gonna say, <laughs> if I ever get one of these questions, I'm just gonna like send this link to the podcast and be like, we explained it so great here.
2: Yeah.
0: Here you go. You can do the same, okay? <laughs> All right, Gabby thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for coming on Jinx. thank you for having me
1: you did amazing for your first podcast
0: I know I was nervous I'm like oh 7am <laughs> so you'd think it was totally like 1pm You know? <laughs> yeah if I said anything crazy weird at 7am I don't know <laughs> alright guys thank you for tuning in hey Casey Stay in your lane. All right. So, oh, guys, you know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You could find us online, behaviorbitches.com. If our website's up again. No, I'm kidding. It is up. We've <laughs> had an issue. And if you have any topics that you think would be fun to bring onto the show or you want to reach out to us or tell us that you like us or that Casey has a great smile, whatever it is, <laughs> you could always reach out to on our contact form. On our website. And, or you can send an email to behavior
1: bitches, bitches at studynotesava.com.
0: Casey, again, stay in your lane. This is all me at the end here. You're going to miss
1: it. <laughs> yeah, right. All right.
0: That's all we have for you today. As always, love ya. Mean it.